Thanks for listening to the Stimulate Run podcast. If you like what you hear, remember to subscribe, leave a rating and a review. If you would like to get in touch or have future guest suggestions, please make contact via email or slide into DMs on any of the social channels. Here's your host, Erwin, with this episode's guest. All right, everybody. Uh, there's a few things that I could describe this episode's guest, uh, and I think plenty will agree. And uh, one of them is definitely humble, as much as I've kind of seen him from a distance. And I think one of the big ones is probably one of the most consistent runners that's going around. So without any delay, welcome to the Stimulate Run podcast, Dean Menzies. Hey, Owen. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for jumping on, mate. Like you've very much been high on the list of um, requested guests as well. and I think people are really going to get to know a lot about you and also they're going to get a bit of inspiration as well where, you know, you fit running and a lot of running um, into, you know, let's say like a pretty high energy uh, career as well um, with high expectations on you. So um, I think that'll definitely be one takeaway that people um, get. But do you just want to kind of give us a bit of a background as to who you are and yeah, how this all came about? Yeah. Okay. Um, so who I am now is, is a, is a dad. So that's probably a new, new part of my life. So I've got a two and a half year old daughter. Um, I work, uh, yeah, work, work in the city. Um, got into running um, probably, probably around primary, primary, end of primary school, start of high school is kind of where I first found running, but didn't really take it up. I, I did it at a reasonable level, but I probably didn't um, do it exclusively until I started work full time. So about somewhere between 10 and 15 years ago. Um, so yeah, that's a little bit of a, yeah, a, a little bit of a snapshot of me. I'll give you a bit more of a skeleton and see how you go. So uh, obviously Perth born and raised and went on to UWA to do some study. Am I right? And found yeah. your way to one of the big resource companies and one of the big four and, in terms of that, so we'll, let's let's start away from running. Let's backtrack and okay. get to know you yeah, okay. uh, away with, yeah. from the shoes and the watch. And um, yeah. what interested you in your career? Okay, so I always had a fascination with numbers, numbers mm-hmm. and data. Um, and I think I wanted to go down one of two paths. So I was either interested in becoming a PE teacher. So I love sport. I, I'm quite competitive and I, I, and I love playing sport. Um, but then I had a fascination with numbers and probably a bit of a fascination with business. Um, and so those were the two paths. Um, I studied economics and accounting um, at uni um, because that was kind of, it was the line I chose to go down to in terms of study, um, in terms of, and I think even with the benefit of hindsight, what I enjoyed doing, I, I always had a, a business itch. Um, and a financial mind. So I always went, I was always going to go down that path um, at some point. Um, and, and, I, and I chose tax, rightly or wrongly. That's kind of what I, what I fell into. I suppose I did the audit unit um, and I did the tax unit. I probably tax gelled a little bit more with me. Um, and probably part of the interest as well, like my, my parents have always worked very hard um, and have been great role models for me. And I kind of, tax was always something a little bit interesting to me in the sense that um, if you can plan things effectively and financial planning, then you can make the most out of what you get. And, to, and I wanted to see my mum and dad do as well as they as well as they could, and they always wanted the best for us. So there was probably a, a little, there's always something there in terms of, um, yeah, try, trying to, to make the most out of your situation, which you can, within the rules do that in the tax world pretty interesting like and i think you almost forward advanced one of my questions i'm going to ask about your are you a running nerd but we'll get to that anyway um a couple of your mates actually mentioned you know like a bit of a, a high-powered businessman so uh, when you mentioned uh business there that sparked a bit of interest any kind of link to that growing up or was it you know let's say when you saw things on TV or what was the real link? Like were your parents, did they own a business or was it just very much hard work and you knew that business entailed hard work? 
Yeah, I, I probably, when I initially, like when I studied, I was always interested in uh, help, probably more helping people. And, and, and I remember having a friend who his dad worked from his home office and he would, you know, look after clients and, and I, and I like, and I, um, I really liked that, that concept, but it just so happened when I um, was going through, through uni that the big four were the, were in terms of um, graduate roles, they offered a lot of roles and the largest part of the, that business was servicing um, corporates and, um, and large business. So it just so happened that when I applied for a particular role, I fell into the corporate world. Uh-huh. And so, um, and, and, and it was really just a product of that. And so as a result of that, I've probably then developed a skill set that's tailored towards large business, but it's, um, but I've always been a bit curious around it. You probably miss that personal element around helping people um, that you probably, that, that I probably don't see, but I started in that field. Um, I, I, I do enjoy it. Um, and it's, and it just one opportunity leads to another in terms of that, you know, started with Deloitte and then have since um, yeah moved into one of the um, mining companies here or resources companies. And how have you almost shifted? Like obviously there will be a stigma and an expectation for people who work in or really trying to climb the chain within those groups as well. Was there ever a moment where you identified, uh, okay, this is not actually where I want to be um, or I do want to be here, but I don't want to give my life to it and then pop out at, as a 40 year old and go, Oh, now I need to start living. You're obviously a bit younger, but you've met the balance. Yeah. I, so I ran the whole way. So when I first started working, I, I ran, so I've, all, I've always done some form of exercise, but I think in terms of finding the balance, it was probably certainly not very sustainable at times. So there's certain, there's certain periods and I found it really difficult um, to try and perform at a higher level um, whilst I was in the firms. Um, I did it well at times, but not consistently. Um, and I prob- and, and that was probably what triggered a change. So I ended up moving into commerce um, and um, not to say it's a huge switch from what it is now, but it is definitely a switch. And it's, and there's, there's been a few things that I've probably done to help juggle my running and my work better um, over time. You kind of learn things that, that work better for me. Um, uh, and yeah. And a bit of a mindset shift and, and a change in lifestyle, like becoming, becoming a parent um, into you, you know, the night, the nights are pretty long early, but once you establish, you know, I, both my wife and I really respect our sleep hygiene. And so, and we respect that of Aurora's. So we try and get to bed pretty early. And if you're in bed early, you're going to bank some pretty good sleep and that affords you so it kind of sets you up for the day to kind of, you know, tackle it pretty well. And, and then now I, uh, a lot of my training is, is centered around early morning or a morning of a week, mornings of the weekend and commuting. So it's not too challenging at the minute to fit it all in. And have you always been that clued on with it? Or was there, a, well, say, let's say pre-child where you've got a lot more freedoms. And I know we were talking about this as a, a running group the other day where, you know, if you slept in, you could fit it in a bit later or pump out the afternoon a bit longer. And, or was it very much, you were always like this and you were very clued on what you needed. And even as an athlete, you knew what you needed. No, yeah, I definitely got better as I became uh, more grateful of the, 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 grateful for the opportunity to go for a run because you really value your time now, particularly when your partner's looking after your little one, you really respect your time and, and you, and it, and it simplifies things. You don't have the choices to run whenever you want. You have, you, there's a time to run and it's now, or it doesn't get done. Um, and I think for me, yeah, I think often I, I would get caught up seeking perfection um, or seeking a much better outcome. You know, if you don't feel quite off, you might not race or you might not do your training. Whereas now it's either you go for a run or you, you don't get to run. So um, yeah, that's, that's, that's definitely something I've had to work on. So do you think it, it's made you a better athlete? So if you think of pre-parent Dean compared to like now, do you think obviously maximizing that time 
but you almost know that every run has a purpose, whether it be an easy run, um, you don't take it for granted. And then also, does it make you a better parent once you know you've done that run because you can put it away? Yeah, I, I, I think I'm still um, competing um, fairly competitively now, but I think even absent that, I would still be running um, for my own enjoyment and my own health and I'd be a better version. I'm a better version of myself when I go for a run. So be it my mum or my wife would probably kick me out of the house at some point every day to make sure I go for a run. And that's, that's certainly the best way for me to be. Um, but, and I have gotten better the past few years in terms of from a performance perspective. Um, part of that, I think, is relaxing a bit in terms of um, the way you go about your training, relaxing a bit on goals, I think. Uh, having a, a little one uh, makes you appreciate that like she doesn't care what results I get. So it kind of, it, it provides that great perspective and it's probably allowed me to relax a little bit on my running um, and enjoy it, enjoy it a little bit more. And then work-wise, do you see that, you know, your goals work hand in hand um, or you're more efficient in the workplace and use your time better there, like knowing that you've commuted in, that's clear. I don't have to try and fit it in anywhere. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's, yes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, my, I'm, yeah, you have to be fairly organized if you want to get everything in and you're pretty organized throughout your day. Um, and it's kind of set up from getting a, a good night's, uh, a good night's rest. I think it all kind of stems from if you're, if you've got a decent amount of sleep, you're not too foggy in terms of the training. Um, and then, yeah, you, if you want to get out and you want to, you know, you want to get home, you want to get your training done. I think all of that um, sticks everything together. Um, and it's probably that it, I really benefit from a, from a routine and a structure um, physically and mentally. So I think all of that has, has created a really nice rhythm. Like if I reflect on my running during uni, is very much all over the place, um, whereas now it's 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 I've kind of hit that balance. Um, perhaps earlier in work life, in terms of from a corporate perspective, I probably went a little bit too far the other way and probably found it a bit difficult. Whereas now I've probably sat on a yeah pretty sus sustainable balance. And then in terms of the so, uh, social side of things, how do you fit that in? Like I'm, I was again having this conversation where. I was kind of seeing if I needed to correct my social compass a bit and you were becoming too invested in your running and then obviously straight into family and you go, oh, maybe I should just accept that invite to catch up and drop something somewhere. Um, do you have that battle or do you, do you get that from your running? No, yeah, one, no, definitely have that battle. And I don't think I, I, have, I have those same questions um, and it's that same internal struggle. Um, I don't think, I, yeah, certainly don't have the answer to that. Um, but I think we're fairly careful in terms of, I suppose, and that's been a good thing in terms of in the past couple of years, pivoting towards a marathon, mm. you kind of um, build up towards a marathon and there's probably this, this block where things are, um, there's this obvious focus on training. And when I do rock up to social events, friends and, um, know that I'm probably not going to have as much to drink, but then, or, you know, not going to stay as late, but then following that you've kind of got, you know, four weeks to really let your hair down and chill out and have fun. And particularly with them, say a destination marathon, you can time your family holiday um, for after that. Um, so I think that sort of periodization has been helpful in terms of trying to strike a bit of a balance, but I wouldn't say I'd, I'd would turn away from any sort of social commitment, but I've just in the past few years in particular, the whole house, we, we're kind of, um, you know, you're up earlier of a morning, but then if the house is quiet during the middle of the day for nap time, and then it peaks back up and then it's quiet again <laughs> soon after dinner. So um, from that perspective, um, and even, you know, before or when my wife was pregnant, she's, bit more tired than the normal and she's a bit more of a night out but you kind of in terms of getting the sleep and recovery there's a pretty nice routine where I've got an opportunity for a nap during the day and uh, an early night so it kind of works pretty well yeah one of the big ones that I even really jumped on was having dinner early you know like mm -hmm. oh if I'm, if I'm lucky enough and you can be having dinner when they have dinner 
and you know that might be 5 36 o'clock and you you go, how good is this? Whereas before, without a child, you go, oh, 7 8 o'clock, you'll have some dinner and pushes everything out. And that's even one of the things that I found just set such a good routine up for you. Yeah. 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 I mean, we were, I was never great in terms of being particularly, and my wife's the same in terms of being particularly punctual. Um, whereas, yeah, with a little one, we, we respect the um, respect the time and routine a lot more now. And that's probably... Yeah, definitely worked to our favour, I think. Um, I think I mentioned in the intro, you know, being really humble and just giving of time. Uh, and it really is like from a distance. And I know a lot of people, as soon as we mentioned I was talking to you, it was the first thing that people just even sent messages to mention and um, like a vote of thanks almost to say to you when we do talk. But is this a trait that you might not even be aware of that you're doing? But is it something that you are aware of and you almost grew up? Um, with this, uh, this trait of being humble, let's say. Yeah, um, I don't. Yeah, I don't know if I'm necessarily particularly hum, hum humble. Um, uh, well, I don't. I don't think of myself like that. But in terms of making time for people, I know my dad's very good at. at he always seems to make time for people, and you probably just, you know, cut from a similar cloth. So I think I'm probably just inherited that from him. So he always. Um, yeah, you're always there to to say hello. And I think as well, like you, it's hard to learn something from, from your own words. It's always listening to someone else's. So, um, you know, I think there's something in that is that you have two ears, um, one mouth. So there's always listening to other people's stories is the way to, um, yeah, is the way to learn. So I probably try and remember those. Would you say that you're relatively shy but confident in your comfortable environment? So a bit introverted, but in your comfort zone, you're quite extroverted. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah, that's pretty spot on. So it was funny actually. We we did a um we did a, a pre the wedding. We did my wife and I did a like a personality um uh, questionnaire, um, and it came out of that 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 Hayley gets her energy from being around people. I get my energy around from being by myself. So um, that was, we thought we maybe a little bit knew that, but that was certainly a key takeaway from that. And so I certainly appreciate, yeah, in terms of a bit of a di- bit of downtime. And I get that with my running quite a bit. Um, whereas, yeah, Hales, um gets pumped up by being around people. So when it comes to social settings, it's helpful when we're together because um, we complement each other, I think, in that regard. And then I suppose even for you, because you do spend, a, let's say, a lot of time alone, you know, in the grand scheme of things, you wouldn't seem so, but, you know, going in and back from work every day, that's, but the benefit of that is come race day, you are so comfortable in your own self and you don't need a pack. And, you know, we saw with Perth from the gun, you're very much alone and you were okay with that. Whereas you see a lot of runners who need that energy of somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I think I'm very intrinsically motivated. Um, so I don't, yeah, I don't require, yeah, it's fine. And, and it's funny, right? Like uh, I think even in the Perth, you know, the people, people, you can key off other people and, and you certainly get motivated by training um, with other people and, and trying to improve. Um, but yeah, it's probably, I, I probably don't source huge amounts of motivation from beating someone. It's probably, I, kind of just going on my own path in terms of my own, I have my own running goals and, and, and kind of go after them. And I know in certain races, it's very helpful to be in a pack. Um, so to the extent that I can have that, that's helpful, but I'm not probably in that pack. Just can't wait to destroy them thinking of those sorts of thoughts. I'm more just thinking about how it's helping me run as good as I can. Or necessarily need them. You know, you don't, in a marathon, you don't say, well, I need people around for 32 K. Um, yeah. to get me through you can very much from kilometer one go okay I'm happy and I'm comfortable myself um, jumping a bit to running do you find then because you do do a fair bit as a group let's say but you're not necessarily sourcing that out you know you wouldn't be sitting there on a Friday going oh geez I've got to work out tomorrow I need somebody um, it's just a product of circumstance and you're fortunate enough to have that right yeah yeah and I think at different times like 
um, running's a bit unforgiving. Like it's not like cycling where there's a huge drafting benefit. Um, so I think um, if you've got a different threshold and you've got different pace zones, then you're kind of, um, you're just running, you're running to them. Um, that being said, you know, when, if you do have the opportunity of running with company and a training partner, um, psychologically, it's a lot easier having someone help set the pace and set the rhythm for you. Um, and I did in the last marathon, I did had a pacemaker and that certainly I think helped me for when I did need to switch on. It was from a shorter period of time, but um, yeah, I, it's not a prereq because particularly when you do 90% if you're running to, you know, by yourself um, and you know, that's by yourself. I don't, yeah, I don't need company to be getting out the door. Who inspires you, mate? Like, you know, that might be in the running sense and then also let's say just general life sense, even growing up, you know, who are the people that you, and what were the uh, key traits and the reasons why? Um, probably growing, growing up, I would read lots of um, very much into nonfiction and facts. Um, so um, I've read some, some running books um, that I've, that I've, um, that I've kind of, um, that have inspired me in terms of sporting pursuits. Um, and then I've probably, as I've gotten older, learning, becoming a parent, those sorts of things in terms of where I'm at now, it's probably more, you, you see what your parents do and probably most inspired by them. You realize how lucky you are. So that would probably be my two biggest role models nowadays. Do you ever almost also watch yourself because, you know, you'd have the, uh, the junior groups that turn up or, um, do you ever become aware that people are also watching you and not that you ever have to correct yourself, but just be aware um, of what you're doing as well? Yeah, I think, I think like 10 years ago, I'd be much less careful with, with that. Like if, say even with your Strava and how you engage with the Strava community and those and, and uh, what you post about. Whereas now I think, yeah, I'm a little bit more, um, yeah, if you chatted to me 10 years ago, I'd, I'd probably respond differently to now. Um, yeah, it's funny, it's funny how, how that evolves over time and you morph into different, yeah, you, you morph into a slightly different creature. I was reflecting a little bit um, on this, listening to your podcast during the week um, and because um, I, I remember this one time where um, I was late to a, a, a group where, where Todd, Todd was uh, running in the group and he was kind of banging on I'd, I'd raced on the weekend but then I hadn't shown up to training so he was kind of just basically passing comment like you know it's good to do a race but can you back it up with some training you know <laughs> uh, I remember rocking out and I was ah oh, what are you you know what are you talking about rah, rah, rah. And, and then and now I now I'm that that person where I'm rocking up and you're kind of like oh you know there's a lot of talent it is a lot of talented young kids but are they putting in the training because the only way to get better is to kind of rock keep rocking up and keep training hard so yep. yeah i think you'd become a different person over time well i can't imagine what those would have days would have been like and yeah he would have, <laughs> he would have certainly let you know if you slipped up somewhere that's guaranteed so. <laughs> they were pretty good those days about yeah as as we were kind of coming up there was the likes of roberto todd and raf were yeah dishing out the uh, tr truth bombs for everyone oh they would have kept you honest anyway um do you do you shut off from running so you know you mentioned you you love the data and like are you a big consumer you know and i suppose the biggest one is strava and then you know the social media side of it people are chasing a profile which you know you are completely opposite of it seems like you very much do your run and running is so pure yeah i, I i've switched off more recently um so i've always had strava so i think i was I don't know if it was like 2012 that I like first joined Strava and back then it was just a cycling platform um, predominantly. Um, so I've always had Strava as a, um, yeah, as a bit of like a training log. Um, and then also I've uh, like a learning tool. Like I think you, I think prior to Strava, when you would run, you'd rock up to a race and you really wouldn't know who people were and how they got to be in the shape they were in. Whereas now when you've got 90% of the field on Strava, if someone beats you, you can kind of scroll through their log and you're like, well, that makes sense. They probably deserve to because they did more training than you. So um, 
I certainly do use Strava. I probably switch in and off. From, I, I don't spend a heap of time on it. Um, um, and so, and similar with yeah, with with socials, I don't spend a lot a, a lot of time um, on there. Um, when I switch off, I probably am, yeah switch into family mode as soon as I get home, and then you know um, switch into YouTube or switch into Netflix or something like that. And do you well? There's ever been a temptation. Well, you've mentioned you've been on there for a long time, but with Strava to uh, just to turn it off for a bit and do you think that you know what possible gain or if any um it seems like you've got it quite controlled and you you know you've got that let's say hygiene around it um mm -hmm. you wouldn't go oh you know this, this person's doing two hours today i only had 90 minutes so i'll go pump up the two hours um it does mode like occasionally um i've been engaged in like some you know Strava wars, you know, or Strava battles. Like someone steals my Strava segment, I might go chasing a Strava segment, or yep. someone challenges me to like, you know, how many kilometers can you run in a week, or someone's just ahead of you, you know, on a weekly leaderboard, um, or you know, you run an extra hundred meters just to tick over, or an extra kilometer. Like I did a lot of those things, particularly when Strava was early. I found myself running very quickly into work every morning, just chasing segments, <laughs> but. I think on the for the most part, uh, I use the tool uh, that it's used usefully. Um, I do wonder, yeah, yeah. I I don't think so. I, I suppose where I get my um, training, I'm quite compliant with my training, so it's probably in my personality. But I get fairly prescriptive training, and it's based and it's using um, software training peaks, and that kind of dictates my training load. And I kind of know if I stray. And that's been a big part in terms of being able to be consistent is having, is understanding my weekly training stress, um, like my acute fatigue, my, my general fitness and under, understanding the relationship between those and kind of how much you can handle in a week. And if you're pushing the envelope a little bit, you're not really that incentivized to do too much more outside of that. So I kind of, yeah, I kind of follow my training peaks plan uh, and, and I kind of don't go too far outside of that even though sometimes like you say it might be um you might be tempted to yeah i was gonna say like how much um because i i would have dare thought that strava is not your only go-to metric um to see how things are going so you know you've got training peaks how much do you dive into it so obviously raf would be there to kind of bump you back in if you were slipping out but some athletes run and they get told and then some athletes run and want to know. So they'll get off and go, you know, my data was this, my power was that, my heart rate. How much, how invested from that side are you? Are you really somebody who wants to know everything about what's going on and why you're doing a certain thing? Probably don't want to know everything, but I want to know a fair bit, I think. Um, I think if I don't understand it, I'm probably not going to do it. Um, I think is it is it, and so, so I, so initially, and it's kind of evolved over time. So I suppose I did a lot of training just by myself. And I think if I saw those blue bars lining up, then I was kind of, you know, in Strava, then I was kind of happy and that would be good. But then sometimes the performance wouldn't necessarily correlate. And mm -hmm. I kind of learned um, from, you know, chatting to Raf and using training peaks that you can kind of see there's a difference between the blue bars and your training stress scores. But then I kind of initially getting a running coach, I kind of looked at it like you would. Uh, I looked at it as an opportunity to unload in terms of having all the thoughts as to planning every session, planning every run. I could unload all of that mental thought out of my head and into someone else's and just relax and, yep. and, and just go with what that was. And that worked and I got more, um, I was able to train more consistently. Then it kind of got to a point where you're kind of hitting a bit of the ceiling. And so I was really trying to unpack where we could find more improvement and if we were what we need what were the options and what were the levers we could pull on to try and do that and so um yeah i ended up getting you know admin access to it um particularly as i've gotten busier um i kind of need to have it's helpful for me to have my own flexibility like certain runs just may not happen but i can tweak my week to still get everything done that i need to in terms of these, these are the macro ingredients, but as to actually how I 
how and when I mix the cake, I kind of, you know, can do it um, as and when I can. And I suppose even a bit of a buffer that might have saved you are little things where, like, your commute gives you, what, after 18K, 20K? Yeah. Yeah. So you sit there and go, most people would try and get a midweek long run in, whereas if you can double on that day and still get the distance, in a way it's almost, it might be saving you, but you're not missing out on mileage, right? You're still getting that mileage in, but you're getting a buffer of, eight to nine hours in between two half runs. Um, and who knows to say, could you manage that load if you were going to do that every week, week after week? Um, yeah. Yeah, and that's pretty that's pretty much how it played out. So say I was not doing many, say, double runs three or four years ago um, and then kind of flipped that to, to commuting more. And I dropped a I dropped a workout. I was doing three workouts a week. I dropped that down to two, um, and introduced kind of like a, a bit of a half workout, um, but just like a bit of a um, you know fart leg to feel, um, and then changed out my midweek long run. So traditionally, if you're doing your marathons on certain programs, you would be looking at doing something quite long uh, long on a Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Whereas I kind of split that into two runs. I run an hour forty, but I run that over two runs. Um, so perhaps not entirely desirable um, in terms of it may not be the optimal run you could do, but when I need to, when it, when it's a 40 minute commute anyway, and I get that for no real cost in terms of my day, I take, I take that. Um, and overall, what I saw was a fairly increase in my total training volume for the week. And that I think really helped me get fitter. And it's also, re- it's a real world example. You know where you don't, you might not have ninety minutes, and the flexibility where you know you might be doing the the drop off in the morning. So, you know, forty minutes in the morning is all you've got to do, or you might want to be home for dinner time. So you'll put that in, and I think it's a good example for even other parents out there where you sit and go, "There's different ways to make this happen." You know, you're still going to get your daily mileage in, um, and like you said, you actually saw an increase by doing it a certain way and yeah so i think it's a it's a great example where we all think oh we're going to have more expectations on our outside life so something's got to give but you found a way to make it happen um consistency mate so you know you came off biwa um and i dare say you then came back and said right potentially i want to go back and do it again because you know it's fast course and um generally even as a, a place to go uh i dare say you would want to put your hand up to go back but this last year and a half you pro- i would dare say geez you'd be in every conversation when it comes to consistency did you train knowing that okay when things potentially open up you're just going to be ready to sharpen up and go or could you just train without races Um, I think it, I think it was kind of like, I, I think I'll, I, I remember running, running back home, running through Herdsman and thinking if, yeah, you know, during, during lockdown. Um, and I've spoken to like um, Jerry, who I run with quite a bit, you know, we always talk about there'll be a time where we're, you know, competitive playing golf rather than running. Um, and we look forward to that, but I think we'll, we'll always, we'll always run. We always enjoy our running. Um, and so I think with that knowledge in mind, it's always, it's not hard for me to run. I, 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 I love it for more than just from a performance perspective. Um, but then in terms of, in terms of what motivated me to keep training, I think we're very lucky through, through COVID. I, I suppose I had a good result at BWA. And so that kind of spurred me on to try and improve again. And then I think, I think you deal with a lot of uncertainty in life. You're never really sure what's necessarily going to be next. And we probably didn't know that it was going to be 18 months without races. Cause if we did, we probably, or without international travel, cause if we did, we probably would have changed a few things, but yeah, it just presented new opportunities. Um, I ran a, uh, I ran a half later in that year. And then once we kind of knew that there was definitely no race, you know, marathons over summer, I spent some time running down the track and trying to run a bit quicker. So that was, that was obviously um, helpful. Um, you know, I, I, 
I just used it to do to try different things and still kind of keep having fun with my running. I, yeah, there wasn't for me there, there, I didn't find any particular points where I thought I wanted to to give it away. It'd be some for some other reason that I'd stop running. It was quite interesting because I remember that five uh, k you did that night and you just the way you came home on that last even second half of that race was incredible. And I think I, people I was with, I said this bloke's gonna have a massive like year when it opens up and it's almost like you use that summer and then you kicked off the backboard and we're like right well when things do happen you're going to be ready to just sharpen um because yeah. i think a lot of runners were like oh well there's no real end in sight i'll just kind of get through and then pick it up when i can see something but you tended to really play the long game with it yeah and and i i think for me i don't think i've i haven't seen much improvement come quickly it kind of only come is what it, where i've seen so if i go back say eight years ago i probably could get in 12 weeks get to a certain level of fitness and and then i wouldn't get any fitter than that like i probably had a similar 10k time for and 5k time for say four or five years and then it's only really been in the past few years where i've noticed con consistent improvement period on period um and i kind of know that the the ingredients what the what the ingredients are for me to get that so and to have that momentum it's a, it's quite a bit of momentum to give up so i'm not wasn't prepared to give that up pretty quickly um so that was that i'm sure that's burning in the back of my mind whenever i look to even contemplate laying laying off for a while and in like i know people you know most of you blokes wouldn't run perth if there was other options around if you could travel and but in hindsight, do you sit back and actually go or reflect on it and say, you know, you're able to have, geez, your whole family if they're all down there and it is your backyard and you might really not run Perth for, geez, another 10 years, you know, if things very start to open up and it's an opportunity that you none of you would have seen coming in the first place? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, yeah, so I, I suppose at the start of the year, I'd done all my track work. Um, you know, I'd, I'd got a bit quicker. I then did this really consistent block leading into the Gold Coast at the start of July and my fitness and the training had gone really well. And so you kind of, you, you, you know, everything had kind of been set up just the way you like it. And then we kind of then went to pivot towards perhaps Melbourne, which I'd done before. And I thought that would be good. And that was the week before Perth. Um, and then it was going to be a short build up to begin with, um, and so it was kind of, it wasn't exactly perfect, but then I suppose, yeah, it, it would be easy to say, cause it's not great not to do it. Whereas I think like anything like that, that, that attitude you just had in terms of, there's not often you do you get an opportunity to race in Perth. Um, who knows when your next opportunity to race will be, um, you know, the, the, the Perth event, like the, as we saw, like Evan did such an amazing job in terms of getting the course really well mapped out, really well, and trying to make a footpath course as fast as possible. Um, and you're kind of right on the cusp of when it's the weather starts to get warm, mm. but we've kind of had a pretty long winter. So you kind of, if you, you know, initially you just, you could probably, um, you know, there, the, the, there are reasons to perhaps look elsewhere and, and, and pull up, you know, pull up sticks. Whereas I think, yeah, it actually was, quite a good opportunity and and I suppose yeah there's a few performances which suggested it was yeah it's 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 not bad first okay and the letdown of Gold Coast like we were all in it you know we were in this absolute washing machine sitting on the couch on the Sunday and yeah the balloon just deflated do you think in again in hindsight the benefit of not racing there so you did a whole build-up yeah, you would have done a taper, but you actually did a whole load without the actual damage. And then you're able to mentally recover and then start up again. Do, how much of a benefit do you think that was to have that within your legs? And yeah. Yeah, I think that was that was huge. The the reason I ran well at Perth was as a result of the Gold Coast prep. And Perth was a a shorter build-up. So normally, you know, 14 weeks a 14 week training block would be a useful amount of time in terms of building up the training stress, you know, getting your training 
stress scores high enough and then we move into like a specific phase and incorporate those longer specific workouts for say four you know four to five weeks and then taper down for a race and to do all that you, yeah 14 14 weeks was kind of what we had for, for Gold Coast and, and did all that whereas it's probably 11 or 12 for Perth but to your point because we'd already accumulated such a um, built such really good fitness as part of that Gold Coast prep I think that played yeah that certainly played to my favor and I probably it wasn't right until the couple of weeks before Perth where I noticed I'd gotten I was quite fit and I was, everything was looking pretty good for Perth surrounding yourself with people who make you better um it's normally you know something that people really want to strive to do and you know you're part of front runner stable raf is your coach how did this decision come about how what makes the stable so good and also him such a good coach even for you um so it came about so i've always known um known raf um but i wasn't well i was working in the firms, I wasn't prepared to commit to a coach or a training group because I struggled to get to any of the training sessions. So um, I didn't, yeah, so I now, so, so I never committed uh, really to any formal training. But then I was in the midst of moving jobs, switching roles, and my wife was looking at getting a coaching program. Um, and one of my now training partners, um, Thomas Bruins, he, he was a coach at Frontrunner and he, was going to um, coach my wife for a half Ironman and then Raf, Raf's a great coach and astute businessman he offered and I'm an accountant that likes a good deal so he offered us a, a, a two-for-one sort of special so he um, he got me over the line that way uh, kind of talk 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 to me talk you know talk talk to me into coming down and it coincided with you know more favorable work hours and me getting to training so that's how that's how it originally started um and it's funny if you chat to Raf, like you know, I'm there looking to to make the most out of my first meeting. So I've got a list, you know, page long, first to quit full of questions, and I'm making sure that he's dotting his eyes and crossing his t's, and he's, you know, more sitting, you know, big picture thinking and just talking concepts and those sorts of things. So we're both um, we're we're both we're quite we're quite different personalities, and so because we're quite different personalities, um, he's very good at bringing out parts of my personality that I probably need to or or aware of of I suppose my weaknesses that that and and making me aware of them enough to make them you know do what we need to do to work together to get the right results um and it, I it, I mean there's multiple reasons I, it, he's been doing it for quite some time he's got a real fascination and desire for the for the marathon so he's got a lot of um you know a lot of data a, a lot of knowledge um and so, yeah, it's just been a relationship that we've kind of developed over time. And just having I, I, the role of a coach, just generally having someone that is independent of you can kind of, and um, has a genuine interest in you um, as a person and wants to see you do well. Um, that's very invaluable. You know, you talk about surrounding yourself with good people. Um, yeah, having a coach that just has your best interests at heart and wants to see you do well. Um, that kind of, yeah, um, that, that's that's the key ingredient, I think. Any interest uh, yourself down the track or? Yeah, definitely. Definitely, I, I think it's yeah, yeah. I would yeah, I would really enjoy coaching. I think part of my current day job, you, you, again, you don't have that sense of service, that sense of helping, and I think yeah, coaching would be um, loads of loads of fun. Um, and again, I'm quite competitive so you're obviously you know you want to see people get out there and and do well and have fun so yeah i yeah def, definitely at the at the right time and the joy of the group mate like um and having you know people like nick around to chase um what does that do for your running you know even though he might be a few seconds up the road um yeah how has that grown you yeah, it's just demoralizing, really. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it's it's been. I've, I'm quite. Uh, I've been. I, I, I. The way I view it is, I'm quite fortunate. I think the person whoever's in the front of the group generally cops most of the attention, um, and it's quite. And it, 
and sometimes in terms of dealing with a lot of that can be a bit tricky to navigate whereas i think if you can um you know avail yourself of some of that um and just and and keep chasing then um and 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 it keeps you very motivated when there's people up the road from you you certainly don't get caught up in your own performances because you're um, getting smacked up by four minutes so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i think like you guys have just seemed to have this um mutual respect amongst each other as well you know you can see it in the training sessions and it's really is about making each other better and you even though one of you will win it's celebrating the success of that person together as a group even though it is an individual sport but you you really do have a nucleus of a club uh, mentality on the go um just a few to finish mate and then a, a couple of your mates have stitched you up um in the end as well uh so in terms of goals and any bucket list events that you kind of really want to tick off uh, before you finish running one day? So in, in the short term where it, the, so as you mentioned, like BY was loads of fun. Unfortunately, like BY as a standalone event is not going to be um, uh, continuing, but I think they've merged with the Osaka marathon. Um, and that's scheduled for the 27th of Feb next year. So it's a little, so there's a little bit of wait and see, but that's about uh, around that 14 sort of week mark from last week. So I've kind of started early days in terms of building the volume and building the training back up now in the hope that then I think Japan at the moment, I think the latest read there might be um, business visa or, you know, um, business travel permitted. Um, so whether or not I can get in for a marathon then, um, I think like, yeah, try, trying to run a faster marathon um, is is kind of my main goal. Um, I've got, we're, we're expecting twins in April next year. So I think come, um, come then, I think my hands will be fairly full and my running will almost certainly be yeah. just limited to commuting. So Yeah, I was going to say I those commutes will be vital. <laughs> <laughs> I might I might get a stitch on the way home maybe uh, and just just walk it pram, a lot of pram jogging I can see coming your way mate <laughs> we're looking at a double yeah a, a twin pram jogger at the I think we might be picking it up tomorrow actually so that's that's making way for a fairly a, a quieter winter I think so to try and squeeze in a, a fast marathon before them would be would be my main goal um and then beyond that I mean yeah, I, I I really enjoy the marathon. I really enjoy training for for the marathon. Like I really enjoy those specific workouts. And um, pre-COVID, um, my wife's family's from the UK, so I think the London the the idea of doing the London marathon and then having a holiday over there was something that I was super keen on. But um, taking three under three over there might be a bit of a challenge. So we'll might just we'll, yeah, yeah. We'll see where we go. Give the give the airline a call ahead, mate, just so they can clear <laughs> clear the decks around you, I think. So <laughs> uh, just a couple yeah. Um I have a reliable source who said you don't carry a phone charger into the office as it'll weigh you down on your run in. Yeah, I'm I'm not, yeah, it, that's true. And I do appreciate all of the people in the office that do lend me their phone charges and other things. I'm not great at carrying things on me because I typically lose them. So um, I've found that all I do is carry my phone. Um, my phone's got my, you know, I can pay for things. Got my phone and my Garmin and I'm pretty well set. So yeah, that's 100% true. And your favorite event uh, and why? Probably my, the favorite events, the Blackwood, over time has been the Blackwood Marathon Relay. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I did that ever since I was um, in 14. So, um, yeah, I've done that every every year bar one, I think. Um, and it's just, uh, again, it's, prob it's probably what you get by, because it's not all just about you, it's a team event and the runs first and you kind of get it out of the way and you get to celebrate team for the rest of the day. Even if you have a stinker, everyone's forgotten about it by the time the paddle's finished anyway. So um, I've certainly had plenty of, you know, not great days and good days um, down there, but it's something that um, it's a family holiday. It's a family tradition. Um, it's a nice time to catch up with some friends every year. Um, it's a well, really well-run community event. So 
certainly my favourite. And your favourite session? Ooh. I I really I I like the marathon specific sessions. Um, so maybe so, some something like uh, I don't mind them on a fart leg. As, oh, as I was going to say, if session. you say them on a fart leg, you you're a, <laughs> you love punishment. All right. <laughs> I don't. I think so. So I like the I like Deke's quarters, monofart leg, or say eight by one k as a way of finding out where your fitness is at because you've done them so many times and because they're so you've kind of solved how to go about them. They're good. They're, they're good like that. And if you do a good one, which the last monitor I did was a PB. So it's probably a recency bias in that. So I don't mind it. In terms of the favorite workouts, like once you get to do those longer marathon workouts, like sometimes we've done like three hours steady. So done, done like a river loop or those big loops out in the hills or 90 minutes steady into, you know, 15 minutes at marathon pace, five minute float times three, those sorts of sessions there. You know, you get pumped up for those. They're um, they're fun. And I suppose just jumping onto that, you know, when you do your long run and it's forty three k, do you ever sit back again and reflect and go, "Oh, geez, when I started putting my hand up for this marathon thing, I never thought I'd be going post distance." Or again, do you have people go, "Hey, mate, you just ran post distance. You only have to go." You know, does that is there something that you sit back and go, "Oh, wow, this is actually real." Yeah, I mean, it wasn't actually that long ago where, like, you know, because Raph was like, oh, do you want to do a marathon? I'm like, I can't do the training. Like, I can't run more than 90 minutes. So what what are you, you know, what are you talking about? So, I, yeah, I probably haven't stopped to reflect on that. I mean, when you do, like, we've done the river loop a couple, of, like the traditional ride river loop a couple of times, yeah. and you get plenty of looks when you're doing that, when you're doing <laughs> it kind of ru- like running around. And when you post on Strava, they think it's the wrong activity. But um but yeah, I probably haven't stopped to reflect on it that much. I, th- I think it kind of just, you know, just you've just everything's just kept snowballing and here you are running these, you know, silly loops, I suppose. It'll be, it'll be in 40 years, mate, when, you know, doing 20Ks is a massive milestone and you'll start <laughs> telling the junior squad how you used to do 45K on a Saturday. And Back in my day, <laughs> that's where I think there'll be a lot of that. Um, just one of the random ones from the the King of Herdies. Uh, he reckons when it's all said and done, is he going to be a two sixteen marathoner? Am I? If I, if I can get to Osaka, maybe. But after the after the twins arrive, so it's it, I, I I I could blow out. This this could be it. So I'm not sure. Well, I think he's also face? saying that he'll be sitting there too. So uh, that, that could be a fair bit of competition because uh, he's... Oh, is that what he's... That what he's yeah. uh, that's what he's suggesting. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, hopefully I'm in the same race as him. That's what I need. <laughs> and to finish off, mate, which I normally ask everybody, um, just a message for your younger self. What would it be? Uh, be kind to yourself. Be kind. Well, um, appreciate your time, mate. Um, and I know a lot of people will appreciate you sharing uh, a bit of yourself and them getting to know you a bit more. And um, sure, they'll come up and say hi now. And yeah, good luck with everything ahead. And we know that if you keep being as consistent as you have been, you're going to nail it. So yeah, thanks so much. Thanks very much for having me, Owen.